0: Among last year's Presidential Rank Award recipients was a senior executive whose entire 25-year federal career had to do with something in the outdoors. He started with the Fish and Wildlife Service. Now he's the Nevada State Director for the Bureau of Land Management. John Raby joins me now. Mr. Raby, good to have you with us.
1: Thanks so much, Tom. It's great to be with you and really uh, excited to talk about things that been able to make an impact here in Nevada and nationally. So thanks for your time.
0: Well, great state you've got out there, you know, aside from Las Vegas. The rest of it's really nice. And am I right in saying that you have an outdoor thread that you were able to weave into a federal career?
1: I do. Absolutely. You know, I'm a graduate of Ohio Northern University. I have a biology degree and I started out my career as a fisheries biologist. And even as a student, I volunteered for the Fish and Wildlife Service. So I actually started as a volunteer 33 years ago. I've had a 33-year federal career um, with three different agencies between 28 years with the Bureau of Land Management, two years with the Fish and Wildlife Service, and three years with the U.S. Forest Service. So, you know, I've worked at every level in the Bureau of Land Management from uh, staff level fisheries biologist, really starting at the ground level, up to leadership positions in our field offices and district offices, and all the way up to state director in Montana and the Dakotas, and now here as a state director in Nevada. Um, I also spent some time in D.C. where I was the uh, senior advisor for the assistant secretary of land and minerals management, as well as the chief of staff for the uh, Bureau of Land Management director. Yeah, it's been a great career. Worked in four states, California, Oregon, Montana, Nevada, and in the district of Columbia. So it's been a great career.
0: And you have been through some of the upheavals that the Bureau of Land Management had, I guess it's probably a good 10, 12 years ago now, but it really did get resettled into a different kind of an agency.
1: Well, we have. we've been, you know, as an agency, um, you know, when I started out, I feel like as a bureau, we've always been in a state of adaptation and working to change in a way that best meets the needs of the public we serve, right? And so that means at times we have to be adaptive. And certainly, you know, over the years when we've been uh, working to get decisions closer to the ground, you know, we've had some organizational change that reflected that. And certainly, you know, here most recently, as we're looking to make sure that we have the right leadership, composition, and, and representation of our senior executives in D.C., you know, we certainly see that focus um, right now. And so really excited that we're working to um, rebuild the Bureau in a way that reflects the needs of the American public.
0: And as a state director, what exactly do you do? Do you review the applications for use of federal land or what happens there?
1: We have a lot going on, Tom, as you can imagine. So in Nevada, we have a lot of renewable energy development We also have a lot of uh, energy transmission projects in the queue, mineral development, as well as our conservation efforts. And I'll just touch on those in a little more detail. Uh, So our renewable energy development, we have everything from solar and wind and geothermal, but the vast majority of what we do is solar energy permitting. And so we have a goal right now in Nevada to meet the 25, we have 25 gigawatts by 2025 that the um, Energy Act of 2020 laid out for us nationally. And of that, we're looking at 13 gigawatts in Nevada. And so when we look at the entire state of Nevada, it's about 71 million acres. It's a large state. Of that, the Bureau of Land Management, you know, I'm responsible for 47 million acres. That's, you know, about two-thirds of the state. And we're focusing our opportunities for development on about 9 million acres. Um, that's just a planning area roughly that's available to us just to give you an idea of sort of the footprint of each solar project. About one gigawatt of power equals about 5,000 acres of solar panels. And so, um, when we do that simple math of 13 gigawatts and, you know, 5,000 acres per gigawatt, that's about 65,000 acres that we need to permit in the next, you know, several years. And we're on track to do that. Of course that all means we got to have those located in the right place and make sure that we're sensitive to, you know, the surrounding desert and sagebrush landscapes ecosystems sure. and and that takes just a lot of planning.
0: We're speaking with John Raby. he is Nevada State Director for the Bureau of Land Management and as an outdoorsman, what do you think about covering thousands and thousands of pristine acres with these burning reflective things where, you know, a low rise building in one place with a single clean smokestack could do all of what that thousands of chewed up acres with solar panels could do.
1: You know, again, we're working in conjunction with our transmission projects. And if you can imagine, well, I just mentioned we have three transmission projects that are on the White House's list for, you know, critical transmission infrastructure We have one that's Greenlink West, one that's Greenlink North, and then we have our Southwest Intertype project. And you can imagine an inverted triangle that reflects those three utility power lines, right? Those are 500 kV lines that are going to be able to carry about four gigawatts each to energy markets. And a lot of the solar development, the proposals, right, are in areas that are closely aligned with where those transmission lines are. And so we try to incentivize areas that may have previously been disturbed. Um, We're looking at at areas that also have the least amount of resource conflicts. And so, again, that careful siting Is incredibly important and of course as an outdoors person it's always in the back of my mind about ensuring that those areas also are available for people who want to hike and recreate and do the things that they want to do on their public lands and so we hold ourselves the high standards and we have to you know ensure that we're factoring the other uses in to the authorization process as well
0: and we did speak to you because you are a presidential rank award recipient congratulations and what is it specifically that got that award on your shoulders
1: Thanks for that recognition, Tom. And there's a lot to that over a long period of time. And I, and I like to think that first and foremost that, you know, I'm being recognized really because of my ability to help our employees and help our teams achieve greater things than they otherwise would think they could achieve. And, you know, we just have a great team here in Nevada. You know, I mentioned the uh, renewable energy projects and transmission projects. We also have a lot of critical mineral development in our teams. And, you know, what I've been able to help them through has been, you know, with our lithium projects that have been recently in the news and, and a big focus for us. And, you know, we have a couple of different projects that have been in the queue where we have withstood litigation. And at this point, we have um, our Thacker Pass project, which is being actually implemented right now. And that can produce up to 25% of the world's supply of lithium, which we all know is so critical for electric vehicles and our renewable energy goals. And that, you know, each one of those electric vehicles takes you know 80 pounds of lithium and 80 pounds of copper as well. And so our our minerals are just the foundation for our technology, industrial needs, you know, defense needs as well. So that's been a highlight of my career and, and really helping our team to, you know, get to a point where we can really see the fruits of those labors.
0: And are you an electric car guy yourself?
1: Well, you know, not yet. I mean, they're getting better and better, right? And, uh, and so we're, we're looking for the day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a truck guy. So I am look for, you know, the day when we can see, you know, some, some four by four trucks that are really, uh, you know, cutting edge in the electric vehicle side.
0: Well, they're coming, but they'll weigh about 7,000 pounds. That's part of the problem with it. And now you're not that old. I mean, you've been in the government 25, 26 years. You've got some years left. What do you hope to do in the remaining time of your career?
1: Well, in the remaining time for me, it's um, making sure we get good projects out there. You know, I think one of the legacies that I'm always really proud of is our conservation efforts as well. And so in, in Nevada, we have right now two designated national monuments and we have a number of national conservation areas. We have Gold Butte National Monument. We have the Basin Range National Monument. We have the Red Rock National Conservation Area. We have the Slum Canyon National Conservation Area. And the president announced at the um, National Native American Congress here um, in, in November, that he'll be uh, designating the Ivequame National Monument um, sometime here in the near future. So looking forward to that. And as always, you know, I got to make a plug for Red Rock National Conservation Area. It's uh, we get about four million visitors there. It's about 30 minutes from the Vegas Strip. And it's the place to get married now. It's, uh, we have over 1,000 weddings a year um, at Red Rock, and it's you know, just an incredible place. So.
0: Well, it does sound like a little piece of paradise on Earth, even if it's close to Las Vegas. John Rabie is Nevada State Director for the Bureau of Land Management and a Presidential Rank Award recipient. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thanks so much, Tom. It's been a pleasure.
0: And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. David Wilson, president of Morgan State University. David has had a fascinating career and has garnered a long record of accomplishments from more than 30 years of experience in higher education administration Came to Morgan State in 2010 from the University of Wisconsin, where he was Chancellor of both the University of Wisconsin Colleges and the University of Wisconsin Extension. Before that, he held numerous other administrative posts in academia, including Vice President for the University of Outreach, Associate Provost at Auburn University, and um, Associate Provost of Rutgers. And when we were talking, Earlier, too, you had just mentioned that you had a, um, a wonderful nomination at the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. And, David, thank you so much for joining me.
3: Shane, it is indeed a pleasure uh, to be invited into this conversation with you. be considered as a member of his board of advisors on historically black colleges and universities. And so I accepted and served there for eight
2: years during his two terms. Amazing. You've had a fascinating career at numerous universities across the U.S. How did you become passionate about the education field? And what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? First of all, I
3: was made aware of a quote by Horace Mann, who was a great 19th century educator who really gave rise to public education in the United States. And he was the first to utter the phrase that education is the great equalizer. And why that resonated with me was because I grew up in abject poverty uh, in rural Alabama, and there was no law.
2: influenced your leadership position now as president of Morgan State. It, it had to have had an impact, but how would you articulate that? So if you go back to that Alabama environment,
3: what I saw, it was just so many people, my own brothers and sisters who were ten times smarter than I was. But my first five brothers were illiterate. They never got an opportunity to show